All right, everybody. Thanks again for tuning in to KOVE 1330 AM, 107.7 FM, Community Connected. You're listening to Coffee Time. I'm your host, Vince Tropea. And as I mentioned before the break, we're in studio today with George Abeda. Uh, I've been looking forward to this conversation for a while now. Uh, very excited to have George in studio today. Uh, he's with the Eagle Spirit Dancers. Uh, I'm sure you've seen them around a lot of the community events uh, throughout Fremont County uh, and Wind River Country. Uh, uh, very, very cool group, uh, and we're going to learn more about them today. Uh, George was also uh, recently featured in an episode of a hit TV series, uh, Outer Range on Hulu, starring Josh Brolin. It's kind of like a, a sci-fi western, very cool show that I got into last year. And uh, big news uh, for us here at KOVE, uh, we recently attended the uh, Wyoming Association of Broadcaster Awards, and a photo that I took of George with the Eagle Spirit Dancers uh, won second place for best photograph at the awards. That was at the uh, Bossert Collective uh, mural ceremony. If you've noticed the big mural on the side of the building there near the Lander Bake Shop on Lander's Main Street, there's no way you could not notice it. Uh, it's beautiful, beautiful work uh, from three local uh, indigenous artists. That uh, very amazing ceremony that I was glad to be a part of and glad to see George perform there. But before we get into all of that today, George, how are we doing this morning? Real good. Zom Bechu. Good morning. Thank you for having me on the show. It's exciting to be here. Excited to have you here. And I just, uh, once your, your voice is soothing, man. Like I, I hear that voice. I, I hope people are hearing it right now too. And they just immediately know that it's you. Uh, that's how I recognized you uh, on that uh, show that I was talking about there before. We'll get into that here in just a few minutes. But uh, George, you know, you, you're, you've lived here for uh, your whole life, correct? Most of my life, yes, sir. Most of your life, you've been here. You've been a, a teacher at Fort Washakie uh, schools for 30 years now. Uh, that's amazing in and of itself. We're, we're going to touch on a little bit of all of that today. It's kind of like a profile of yourself. But uh, I'd love to hear a little bit uh, about the Eagle Spirit Dancers. Uh, give us the kind of the origin story. For sure. Uh, the Eagle Spirit Singers and Dancers are a select group of performers that are mainly from the Wind River Reservation. And we've been performing for the last 40 or so years. Uh, many of our dance members have performed for the various traditional clubs at Wyoming Indian High School, Lander Valley High School, and Fort Washakie School. So they're very well versed in the art of song and dance for, for Native American, mostly powwow. And so you know, we've been all over the place, been all over the state, throughout the region. There's, you know, two separate. When we talk about the performance of the Eagle Spirit Singers and Dancers, it's twofold. Um, a lot of the singers and dancers are, like I said, a select group. And so they go behind the scenes and they a lot of times do their own thing. Uh -huh, uh -huh. And so even though we are the Eagle Spirit Singers and Dancers, uh, Warpath is a is another part of our entity, and that's Herb Augustine Jr. and his family. They perform, okay. and we borrow singers and dancers from the Wind River Singers and Dancers, which is uh, Harvey Spoonhunter and his crew, and we also borrow from Little Son, which is Sandy and Pat Ironcloud. So there's a lot of different performing groups. There's even Little Shield. They perform with uh -huh, us. That's uh -huh. Fergie Little Shield. And they are a family group that perform. Also, the Soldier Wolf family, from time to time, will appear with the Eagle Spirit Singers and Dancers. And they are the Soldier Wolf performers. And so there's a lot of different performing groups that 
come and go, and we, you know, we just like to help each other out. Uh, Daryl Lone Bear is another performer that performs with us frequently and also coordinates his own performances, as does Chico Hermeni Horses. So there's there's about a you know good five to ten performing groups that work together. A lot of times we borrow dancers from each other, we borrow singers from each other, and it's usually not a problem. Everybody's usually pretty cool about it and very flexible. Yeah. But because we have a contract here with the Museum of the American West for t- the last twenty years, and they've handed it over to the Pioneer Museum. So now we've kind of been a constant, and so people hear our name quite a lot, mm-hmm. and and we were also associated with Outer Range, and we were associated with the mural at the Lander Bakery, and so I think our name gets out there maybe more than some mm-hmm. of the other mm-hmm. performing groups, but I want to give them credit because they're always there to help us out. Well, thank you for doing that. I really appreciate that too, because I know I've seen a lot of the same faces, the familiar faces in all those different groups that you just described. And uh, I, on that note too, uh, tell us a little bit about the uh, dances that you guys do at the, uh, or the performances that you do at the Pioneer Museum. Definitely. Uh, like I say, we have a core group, the Augustine family, are they're steady and constant. They're at nearly, I'd say 90% of our shows, mm-hmm. as are the Little Shields. Mm-hmm. Um, Candace Toledo and Zariah White Plume, Philip White Plume, those guys are constants. Uh, my family, uh, the Abeda, Trosper, and Enos family are constants at these performances. Uh, we will be performing. I just signed the contract with Maggie over at the museum. Very cool. And we will be performing throughout the summer beginning June 21st. That's Wednesday at 7 o'clock at Reynolds Arena. Eagle Spirit Park, Museum of the American West, and now Lander Pioneer Museum. So cool, man. And I just like you said, too, that <clears throat> I find that fascinating that uh, you're all able to, to get along and share each other's uh, uh, performers, uh, especially because I'm assuming there's probably a lot of different skill sets in each of those groups. And uh, that leads me to my next question. Um, do you do the Eagle Spirit dancers and singers have a specific style or is there something do you guys like to look get a little bit of everything so we have two platforms basically or routines if you will programs or (laughs) how we set up our performances Mm -hmm. um and it depends on what we contract for we are contracted at the museum of the american west or lander pioneer museum for a one-hour show Uh, Sometimes it turns into 40 minutes if there's inclement weather and we have to rush around and get through things. Um, If it's extended, a lot of times maybe they're honoring a special individual who's coming through. Uh, Maybe there's a guest performer, and so it might extend past the one hour, but it's usually right about one hour. Um, And our program is almost always the same. We it's it's the same schedule as a mini powwow Mm -hmm. and so what we do is we begin with a grand entry like a real powwow does and i believe that's important because we honor our veterans and we honor that eagle staff which represents the prayers of the people Mm -hmm. and our eagle staff carrier is usually uh, james trosper or patrick little shield 
They will carry the staff in. Uh, Teton Trosper also carries the staff. And if we have a veteran, um, such as uh, any of these veterans from Richard Pogue Post 81 at yeah. Fort Washakie, yeah. then we would have them carry in the Eagle staff or even the United States flag or the POW flag or the Wyoming state flag. Um, and the reason why we honor our veterans at powwows and at performances is because in times of old, it was customary for our warriors to have ceremony prior to a battle or a hunt. And they would call upon Damapa. They would call upon Heavenly Father that he would have his blessing over the warriors going into battle. Mm -hmm. When they were victorious, they would return to the people. And there was once again a welcoming, a homecoming and ceremony of gratitude and thanks, and there was a big celebration. And that's what powwows are. They're celebrations. Right. So when the warriors returned to the people, it was a happy time. It was a good time. They would celebrate and they would honor the warriors who protect our lifestyle, our way of life. Mm -hmm. And they continue to do that even today. And so we honor those warriors because without them, we might not be here. Right. And so we honor them that way. And we, we, we respect them and we, we appreciate them and we applaud them. And so that's what that grand entry with our Eagle staff and, and with our color guard, that's what that does. So that's how our performances begin. We begin with a grand entry and following the colors and our Eagle staff and our veterans. We have the, the elder dancers, the golden age dancers. If there are special guests, maybe uh, powwow royalty, they might be a, a princess, a queen, or a first attendant, second attendant. That, so that might could be from other powwows, that could be other events. That and would ceremonies. be royalty representing various celebrations throughout Wind River and throughout the region. Okay. I mean, from time to time, we'll get a, a royalty from South Dakota, North Dakota, Saskatchewan, Canada, Way Washington, cool. California, whatever. They can come and perform with us. You know, and that's another thing. Um, there are, for a while, I'm not sure if uh, the the big Wind River Casino is having their performances, but a lot of times they they did theirs on Tuesdays and we do ours on Wednesdays, which is very convenient for some of our dancers mm -hmm. who contract with both. They can go and perform, you know, Tuesday night and then Wednesday they can come and perform with us, which works out very nice. Uh, but the difference between the Wind River Casino performances and the Eagle Spirit performances is those those dancers are contracted. They have a set number of contracted performers. And with the Eagle Spirit singers and dancers, everyone's welcome. Wow. And so, you know, a lot of times we'll have 40 or 50 dancers, you know, and I, I really appreciate and commend my dancers because they don't have a problem with it. You know, they don't, they don't complain and say, hey, we're steady, we're constant, we're, we're your go-to people, and so we should get paid this or that. And they're, they're really cool about it. They're just say, hey, you can count on us. Uh, whatever you can get a, give, give us as a monetary gift for gas money, food money, we're happy with it. And they're always there. 
And so I really applaud them and I commend them and I thank them. I appreciate them. And, you know, we, like I say, we have guest performers. Eastern Shoshone Indian Days will be not this weekend, but the following weekend. This okay. weekend is Father's Day weekend. Yeah. And traditionally, for a long time, many, many years, the Buffalo Bill Historical Center in Cody had their celebration on Father's Day. And then the Eastern Shoshone Indian Days at Fort Washakie would be the following week. But for some reason, the museum is not having their powwow. Okay. And so, but I believe there is a powwow in Heber City, which is, you know, four hours down the road mm -hmm. this weekend, unless they move theirs to the same time as Fort Washakie. I'm not sure. You all are busy. But Fort Washakie will be next weekend. And um, I'm happy I get to go and, and invite people to our celebration. Uh, this weekend, I'll be in Seattle at the Muckleshoot Celebration for Veterans. And that's a huge powwow up there that I like to attend. I have a lot of friends up there in the Northwest Northwest country, and I'll be inviting them down to Eastern Shoshone Indian Days, where I will be uh, the master of ceremonies, along with Bart Pawaki of the Northern Ute. And he is a, a very well-known uh, MC announcer, powwow announcer, uh, Bart Pawaki. We're going to be, be very excited and happy to have him here. That's amazing. Uh, like I said, you're, you guys are busy. You're doing a little bit of everything everywhere. Definitely. Uh, and I may have missed it. You may have said, is this going to be your first time at that uh, ceremony in Seattle? Um, no, I've been there several times. Several times. You okay. Bet. So I'll go up there and invite people down to Eastern Shoshone Indian Days. But back to the performance here at the Museum of the American West. Uh, following our grand entry, we'll go through the various powwow categories uh, starting with the oldest of all categories, and we take our audience through the procession of time from the from long ago to today's more modern contemporary styles. Mm -hmm. And we like to feature a hoop dancer. Not every performing group has a hoop dancer. We've been very, very lucky to have two champion dancers um, lately. One is Keely King, um, who has performed at in uh, the champion world hoop dance championships in Phoenix, Arizona at wow. the Herd Museum. Wow. And we've also had a champion dancer, Zariah Whiteplume, perform with us. And I, I hope they're both available this summer. Um, I did reach out to some of our dancers about next week, our first performance on the 21st. And um, Keely King has... has um, Agreed to be there, so we're excited about that. I haven't heard from Zariah. I hope she shows up as well. But we've had other champions um, join us in the past. Jaden Ferris, who is also a, a standout at Wyoming Indian High School. And I've went written on, about her a number of times with her uh, went on uh, to basketball play ball at school. Yeah. yeah. And she bear, uh, visits us from time to time, and she will make a guest appearance. Uh, Carmen Tyler was an outstanding hoop dancer in years past, as was Taylee Dresser. And so we've had, uh, and a lot of them were mentored by my sister, Anna Beta, who is now serving a mission for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints in Vanuatu. Man, that's amazing. Which is way cool, yeah. Well, I'm loving all this too, because this feels like a, a mini history lesson too of the area. Because I mean, every your stories are so tied into everything that's going on. And I recognize the name Keely as well. I think she was one of the hoop dancers at the mural ceremony, correct? She was. 
Yes. And that was just, that was an amazing ceremony. Um, that was an amazing performance from you all as well. And as I mentioned too, at the top of the hour, that, uh, that was where I snapped the photo of you. And it's, it's a great, cause you, you ended your dance and you just had the biggest smile on your face. And the photo that I got, uh, uh, it, it was it was just a perfect moment of the ending. It was I'm done with this dance. I'm, I'm performing for the crowd, and you just had this smile on your face. What can you tell us about that ceremony? So um, we were invited there as the grand presentation, the grand display, the unveiling of this awesome mural. It truly is awesome. And um, the other two artists are going to have to forgive me, but. One of them, of course, is my daughter, Talissa Abeyas. Yeah, yeah, so I, yeah. <laughs> I, I remember her name. I'm not very good with names at all. But the, all three of them were, were outstanding. Um, they they complemented one another. They worked well together as a team. And what an extraordinary mural it is. If, I mean, if the audience out there hasn't, been, hasn't seen it, I mean, if someone's a tourist passing through town, make sure you go to the Lander Bakery and see this magnificent mural. It's right across from the theater the movie theater and what you might think when you hear mural too you might think of just like a little uh, 10 by 10 square thing no this thing takes up the entire building and it, it pops with color it pops with personality and it pops with story and culture too it's powerful you know and, and in the unveiling i was a guest speaker and i i said you know this is this is so powerful because it comes from the the brilliant minds of these gifted artists who are prayerful in their work and they share their work just like our singers and dancers. They mm -hmm. share this God gift with the people and it just radiates with a beautiful presence of, of peaceful happiness. And it's just, it's a great place, um, a prayer place, if you will. What is your specific, I mean, I'm sure you have more than one, but what is your either favorite or a kind of flagship dance style that you take part in? Well, I have, um, Two dances that I perform, two styles. Uh, one is just in the infinite stages for me. I'm just, I'm just trying it. I'm not very good at it, so I, I haven't done it in public. Okay, okay. But I have presented a few video videos on Facebook and and this and that, and so I'm dabbling in it, okay. if you will. I I like to watch the chicken dance, uh -huh. and so I thought, man, that just looks fun. I want to try it, and so I put together an outfit. I have a chicken dance outfit. Um, just haven't mustered up the courage to really get out there and and go for it. I haven't practiced enough. You okay. have to know the songs. Yeah, yeah. Every dance category has specific songs that go with that dance style, mm -hmm. and um, I'm still working on it. I might get there. You want to do it? I mean, I'm sure you're just being a little humble too, but you want to do it justice. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I mean, if you want to do something, you do it well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you mm -hmm. don't you don't want to insult those who who are specialized in it exactly and who have mastered that craft so you know in time i'll get out there and i'll i'll put on my chicken dance outfit and i'll perform the men's fancy prairie chicken dance um, but for now i'm content to do the men's fancy dance which is you know i've i've been doing that dance for most of my life mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. for almost 40 years so it's it's been good for me it's allowed me to be a part of various shows from coast to coast from mexico to canada um i was a guest performer with the foxwoods dance troupe back in the 90s okay way wow. back in the wow. 90s that wow. was it was one of the top 
um, performing dance troops at the time, and we would we did a tour of the East. Um, it's actually the Tri Cities area: Boston, New York, and and New Jersey. And so uh, we went out and did the Bristol Parade, and we performed at in New Haven, Connecticut, at the International uh, Special Olympics. Oh, man. And so that was pretty cool. And then yeah. I and I was invited to uh, the Winter Games in Salt Lake City. I think it was in '94. Okay. And so just different dance troops. We the Eagle Spirit dancers have also been known as the Washakie Descendants, okay. which is another performing group. And the difference between the Washakie Descendants and the Eagle Spirit Singers as Dancers is if we have a, a family group, then we are the Washakie Descendants. If it's exclusive to just the family. And if we do a a bigger performance where we have others, the Augustines, the Little Shields, the White Plumes, Candace Toledo, all of them, when they come and help us out, we are the Eagle Spirit Singers and Dancers. And that's actually a spinoff of the Eagle Spirit Singers and Dancers who started at Fort Washakie School back in the 80s. Well, I think that's a perfect segue into talking about uh, your time at Fort Washakie as a, as a teacher. What do you teach? Oh, for sure. Um, started out in third grade, taught two years in third grade. Um, after that, the principal was in dire need of a kindergarten teacher. Uh-huh. Okay. And okay. they couldn't find one. They beat the bushes. Nobody was taken. They all take one for the team. I'll do <laughs> kindergarten. I'll work with little booger eaters, huh? What appealed to me was was the freedom in the curriculum mm-hmm. because at the time there were no state requirements for kindergarten. So I was thinking, heck yeah, I'll do that. I yeah. love to sing. I love to dance. I love artwork. I love music. And my mom was had a daycare center and I still remember the songs, you yeah. know, for all the color songs, uh-huh. all the number songs. We're marching around the alphabet. The alphabet, the alphabet. <laughs> I remember those songs, and I got a hold of those, and I played them with my kindergartners, and we had a lot of fun. We yeah. painted, we did our numbers, colors. Most of my kindergartners were reading and writing by Christmas time. Oh, I bet. And it was just so fun and exciting, you know. And and the parents just gave me all kinds of credit, you know. Well, they would have done it anyway, but they gave me the credit, right. which was. Fun and but when the educators making learning fun and interesting with oh, all the like sure. I said all the music and definitely. everything. Definitely. Uh... And so I miraculously pulled out five years in kindergarten, <laughs> the longest five years of my life. And when I got the opportunity to go to fifth grade, I took it in a heartbeat, just because kindergarten was very rewarding, but it wore me out. Yeah. So I applaud those kindergarten teachers, those first grade teachers. They are tying shoes, wiping noses, cleaning the eyes in the back of their heads. Oh, heads on a swivel. It's tough in kindergarten. Uh Kindergarten business is no joke. And like I say, it was the longest five years of my life. But the cool thing about doing kindergarten for five years and going to fifth grade. I got all those same kids again. Oh, yeah. So it was perfect. <laughs> yeah, that is perfect because then yeah. they remember you as their favorite right. kindergarten and teacher they ever. Were, and they're like, oh, they my were gosh, excited. They were so excited to have me in fifth grade. And 
they were disappointed because it wasn't as much fun. <laughs> it, it's not, that's not on you. It's, it's hard to make fractions fun. So, right. So. And, and the thing is, I'm so competitive. Uh-huh. And when they put me in the fifth grade and were held accountable for standardized testing, mm-hmm. it was the pause testing for the Wyoming State test, and now it's the YTOP testing. Mm-hmm. And it was it, I took that very, very seriously. And I cracked the whip, and we worked super hard. Well, especially because that's a transition grade. You're, you're sending them off Definitely. into middle school. You don't want to be the teacher that didn't adequately prepare them for that next stage. Exactly. And so my kids were ready for sixth grade. And you know, I did that for about seven or eight years. And then they bumped me up to sixth grade. And so my last group of fifth graders got to have me twice, <laughs> back to back. And some of them were happy and some of them were not. The kids who didn't quite have the work ethic, uh-huh, uh-huh. they're like, oh, no, He's gonna not again. Oh, crap. <laughs> but the kids who were real go-getters, they loved it, and they were excited for another year of mm-hmm. growth and progress, and some of them were just off the charts. What's really cool about one of those kids who was my in my sixth grade, well, actually in fifth grade, her sister came up behind her and had me back-to-back years but she was a fifth grader in my class, and her name is Kaylin Washiki, who is now my teaching partner. Oh, how cool does that, that feel? That is way cool. Yeah. That yeah. Is, there's nothing more rewarding than that. Uh-huh. For her to come back and say, Mr. Beta, help me along the way. He made me excited about school so much that I wanted to be a teacher, too. Mm-hmm. And I bet there was probably some things you learned from her, too. Oh, definitely. Yeah, she's... She's brilliant. She's our ELA teacher, and I'm glad because I don't have to do ELA anymore. It <laughs> was, it was not role? my favorite subject. I'm still in the sixth grade. Um, for the last five years, uh, we were departmentalized, and I did uh, sixth grade math, and now they're moving me over to sixth grade social studies, and it'll be the first time that we've had departmentalized social studies in the sixth grade at Fort Washke school. That's got to feel cool to know that they're, they're going to trust you with that position. Yep. And, and uh, we'll be breaking trail. you bet breaking trail. And the exciting thing about social studies for me is I get to tie in a lot of the culture. Exactly. And swiveling back to the culture and then a little bit of the uh, Eagle spirit dancers and singers. Uh, I mentioned at the top of the interview too, that, uh, yeah, you guys were re- featured on a, a big time production the uh the show outer range it was a huge tv show that was on hulu people can watch it now um could you tell us a little bit about that process how uh, they approached you and then uh, what it was like filming oh for sure so how that came about was well one of the benefits and one of the props of of being on social media um, mostly Facebook and Instagram, as you get your image out there mm-hmm. and people associate with you as a performer, as a speaker, mm-hmm. as an announcer. And so when an opportunity comes up for a performance or for a show, then you're readily available through that social media platform. Totally. Um, I mean, that's how you contacted me exactly. on messenger. Exactly. You just shot me a message and I shoot, shoot you right back. And that's how it is. And so, um, they contacted me through that and, um, they just, I think it was through Instagram. They said, Hey, we have this opportunity. Would you like to come down and, 
and perform. Uh, what we want to do is a thirty-minute, uh, thirty-second segment mm-hmm. in in an episode, and at the time, nobody had heard of outer range because right. it was just an idea. Uh huh. And so they had their script all planned out, and they needed uh, a powwow setting. And so, you know, I I gave them a lot of input. I was not just the announcer in that segment. I was a consultant. Oh, that's huge. So I I told them this, you know, and they ran the set by me. They said, how does this set sound to you? And I said, hey, that's pretty cool. And I said, we're coming down from Wyoming, and we're going to have, you know, a dozen cars with Wyoming plates, you know, park us up close so it's authentic. Yeah. And so you can see that we're from Wyoming. And for any of our listeners that don't know, too, a lot of that show is set in this area, in Wyoming, too, so that adds just that bit of more uh, lived-in realism, too. Right, but it... but. Most of it was shot in New Mexico. Uh-huh. They had to digitally insert the Tetons in the background of uh, a lot of episodes I right. saw to make right. it seem more Wyoming. You know, and a lot of times they do that. And the reason is, is because it's cheaper mm-hmm. to produce outside of Wyoming where there's um, incentives for Film them. commissions. Film and, commissions yeah. in other states. And I hope Wyoming does something about that because, you know, I there's mean, Yellowstone mm-hmm. is a huge series that mm-hmm. should have been filmed in wyoming but another one that was not and uh wind river the movie yeah the motion picture was not filmed in i was filmed in utah right and so i hope they fix that i hope they give some incentives to these production companies so that it's actually filmed in wyoming when it should be and then also getting that uh uh factual representation too like you said too being able to uh, give them uh advice on how things should look and making it a little more realistic definitely and so you know at first i was like why don't you guys just come up to wyoming it'd mm-hmm. be so much easier <laughs> yeah. you know instead of taking our crew all the way to albuquerque um but i did you know i shot out all kinds of information and i you know they just send me the stuff through emails and I just forward it to all my performers and dancers and oh my gosh, the, the paperwork and the red tape yeah. and the documentation yeah. was ridiculous. I, I mean, we had to go through and that was during COVID. So double all that paperwork, yeah. double all that red tape. It was just a phenomenal amount of paperwork and hoops that we had to jump through and once again, I commend my singers and dancers to hanging close and hanging tight with Eagle Spirit to get that done. hundred percent. And uh, what was it like on uh, the first on the day of filming that you guys had? Uh, any any stories or anecdotes from uh, the actual behind the scenes? Well, see, the incentives that they offered were tremendous. I mean, it good. was it was good money. Good. And so when they said we're going to get paid this and get paid that and I mean, it was a lot of money and and we're thinking, "Oh man, this is going to be a lot of work." And it was it was tough. Uh-huh. Um, but it wasn't as difficult as we you know, had envisioned. You know, we thought, "Man, with this kind of money, we're going to be slaving away. They're going to do a 500 takes in the hot sun and then we're going to have to go back and get freshened up and then we're going to have to go at it again. Do it again. And they just took like, I want to say like five or six takes and, and we were done. So wow, it was, it was very painless and it wasn't nearly as torturous as I had envisioned. And, and thankfully it wasn't that bad. Yeah. Yeah. 
that's why a lot of movie sets and TV sets uh, usually are. It's it's, it's long hours where, but a lot of it's kind of sitting around and waiting for the next thing. So it's right. very intense for a, a certain period of time, but then right. it's a lull and just kind of hanging out. That production crew and the Eagle Spirit singers and dancers and all the other dancers were from that region came in and and it it was just like clockwork. It was just orchestrated so very well. And it just went very smooth. I mean, I I did a 30-second TV commercial that took twice as long and probably 20 more, 20 times more right. takes. When I did a commercial for Arctic Cat Snowmobiles, we did like 103 takes. Yikes. And it was about, it was close to zero degrees. Oh. And I'm out there freezing. Yeah. I, I thought I was going to die. You know, and this was nothing compared to that. Of course, it was blistering hot. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it, it was it was over 100 degrees, and the humidity so was, was in, uh, in Albuquerque. Albuquerque. Yeah, yeah. And it, it had rained like two or three days straight prior to the filming, and so the humidity levels were tremendous. Yeah, you combine humidity with desert heat. Oh, Jeez. man, it was tough, but not as bad as I thought it would be. Tough but rewarding experience. And definitely and, uh, worth it for sure. Definitely. And uh, we're about running out of time here today, but uh, you mentioned some of the upcoming events and ceremonies, performances that you have. Was there anything else that you uh, think our listeners and uh, readers might want to know about? Uh, once again, I just want to echo our performances here at the Museum of the American West in conjunction with Lander Pioneer Museum will be every Wednesday at seven o'clock. So come on out and enjoy uh, some good singing and dancing and there is a segment in our program where we invite the public to dance along with us. Uh, we have a wannabe contest, mm -hmm. and there's a, a gold Sacagawea coin for our top five performers. There we go. And then we do some other social dancing. The round dance is also known as a friendship dance, and we invite all our new friends to come and dance with us. Inviting all the good people out there who are listening to Eastern Shoshone Indian Days. It's the 63rd annual celebration at Fort Washakie, the headquarters of the Wind River Reservation, a celebration of the Shoshone tribe. 63 years. Yes, Dang. sir. Man, that's... Uh... Very storied traditions right there. But, George, once again, thank you so much for coming in today. We really do appreciate it. Thank you for having me here. It's been a pleasure and an honor. All right, everybody, we'll take a quick commercial break, and when we come back, more coffee time after a quick word from our sponsors. <laughs> 